The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, and let's have at it. Lots to talk about. Richard Krause is here, host of the podcast, Last Call with Richard Krause. You hear him on News Talk 1010 quite frequently because he also drops in as a show host. Robert Benzie, Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star, and Sunira Chaudhry, employment lawyer at Workley Law. Uh, let's do a quick go-round because I realize it's going to be, I think, a long election campaign, although there's a certain degree of compression to it, I guess, because we got to get to know these people and get to know them quick because then we got to make a choice. Um, but Richard, I'll start with you. I imagine you heard most of the conversations this morning. We had the ex-chief of police. We had mm-hmm. Josh Matlow. Uh, both of them are continued, concerned, um, are considered to be heavy hitters in this race. Then Anthony Fury out of nowhere announced he's running for mayor. So we called him up and said, fine, pop into studio. What's your measure of what's happened this morning? Well, I want to know where Josh Matlow is buying sandwiches for $5.50 downtown. I was curious. He mentioned it a couple of times. It's certainly not in my neighborhood. Um, Listen, (laughs) I I heard uh, the same thing pretty much from all of them. The the city is in crisis. The city uh, is uh, facing a crisis of homelessness. We are facing uh, a crisis on the TTC. Every one of them said pretty much the same thing. They all had fairly different ways at which they're going to uh, uh, approach it. it. It's all down to money. And what I have to decide over the next three months, uh, as we sit here and probably we'll have more and more of these interviews popping up in what is becoming a very crowded race, I think, uh, what I have to decide is who's going to uh, figure out how to pay for this in the most, uh, in the way that's not going to pinch my wallet the most. I'm happy to pay because I think the city needs it. We've been ignoring a lot of these issues for a very long time. But today, I don't think that I heard anyone who convinced me to vote for them. Uh, it, it's early days yet, but I, I didn't hear the one person that that clicked uh, or checked any boxes for me that that uh, will get me out to the polls. Some interesting things that I was picking at in our conversations or interviews, Sunira. One would be that uh, Mark Saunders says that this you know there's too much crime in the city, and I thought, yeah, but it hasn't been all that long since you were the chief of police. Um, then you get to Josh Matlow running on a tax increase, saying it on the very first day of his campaign, he's going to raise your tax. Yeah, I um, I think it's interesting, especially in terms of Mark Saunders and and where he is sort of starting with his campaign. But I've got to say, you know, I I met Mark Saunders once at an event, you know, just introduced myself and shook shook his hand. And there's there is a a definite important feeling that you have when you meet like he was then chief of police, now ex chief of police. He has boots on the ground. He certainly would have to be his history and track record is disciplined. It's measured. And when Toronto, I think we all agree. One thing we can agree on is that we do have a crime problem. We do have a homelessness problem. Yeah, he hasn't been chief of police. Um, You know, he was until 2020. I mean, it hasn't been that long. But I've got to say, John, that if that's a crisis that we do want to tackle, it's hard for me to look at somebody else as, you know, someone who's going to have that operational sort of experience, at least in the in the uh, sort of roster of of candidates candidates that we have now. I do think Saunders currently anyway would be sitting in a class of his own. Robert Benzie, people often say, oh, they're all crooks or they're all the same or, you know, a bunch of clowns. I don't think we can be said we can say in this campaign that we're not being offered a choice. 
I agree, John. And, and what a great show you're having this morning. My goodness. It's, it's like a news uh, traffic jam, like the Gardner Expressway at eight in the morning. Well, the candidates are all bumping into each other in the ex- hall. Ex- exactly. That's that's fantastic. It's the place to be. And I, But I think, look, I'm politically agnostic because of the job that I do. But I think that this is great for Toronto to have this discussion because we really haven't had a contested mayoral race in a long time, probably not since 2014 when John Tory ran against Doug Ford for the mayor of Toronto. Um, the last two contests, Mr. Tory has won very easily. I think this time we don't know who's going to win. So you had Anna Bylaw on last week. You have uh, Josh Matlow and Mark Saunders and, and Anthony Fury on this morning. Uh, we know Rob Davis, uh, uh, Stephen Holliday, um, Brad Bradford. There's a whole bunch of people out there uh, talking about running. And I think I think that that it's it's going to be a good for the city to talk about the challenges the city has, whether it's crime or homelessness or services, Wi-Fi on the subway. I, I still can't believe we don't have that, John. I was using it in, in Beijing in 2014, and yet I go to you know, uh, some subway stations I can't, I can't get on my phone. So things like that really, really, really bug me. But I think it's good for the city to have these choices. I have no idea who's going to win, and I don't really care who's going to win. It's, it's, it's up to voters, and, and I'm I, agnostic about these things. But I think it's fantastic to have this discussion. So there is no longer anybody working or living at 24 Sussex, and we're running up utility bills of five to $7,000 a month. And maybe it's small-minded to complain about something like that when we've got a multi-billion dollar spending in the federal government. But I think, uh, Sunira, it's illustrative of how, you know, people don't pay attention and we end up losing money. Yeah, I actually love stories like this, John, because I think these are stories that we can all relate to. How much do we pay in hydro? How much do we pay in uh, in electricity? We do know that 24 Sussex Drive, I think I saw in the article, 12,000 square feet, so a heck of a lot bigger than what most of us would be uh, living in. There's a uh, an indoor swimming pool. There's a sauna. I don't know. Do you have to heat the swimming pool, um, even though nobody's in there. I know that uh, some of the prime minister staff were in there doing some work, so I can understand why the electricity bills would still be on, but it's it's vacant now. So I think it's a great question that we as Canadians should be asking. And also, you know, when it comes to the climate crisis, when it comes to reducing our carbon footprint, um, it it definitely is harder to do than, you know, what many politicians are saying, especially if we can't get 24 Sussex in order. I have to think when the inevitable fire happens, Robert Benzie, I won't miss the joint. Well, I know. And it's a depressing kind of thing that this place has been run down for years. It's actually not that historic. It was donated to the to to uh to the, the the government only what I think sixty or seventy years eighty years ago something like that so it's not like it's the it's the White House or something like that it's been a residence that was has been used for the Prime Minister for a, a while now but I think we have to rethink about how I mean do we want to have uh, twenty four Sussex as a showcase to Canadian architecture so that it's uh, a safe place for the Prime Minister whoever that Prime Minister is to live. Uh, I, the problem is it's become partisan. So people say, oh, why should we pay for Justin Trudeau's house? Well, I mean, we pay for Pierre Polyev's house. He lives at Stornoway, which is the official residence of the of the uh, leader of the opposition. And and I think that's appropriate. This is we need to have our, our leaders uh, in, in safe spaces. Uh, 
like I like I like other first world countries like 10 Downing Street or, or, or the White House or the Elysee Palace in Paris. You know, I just I just I, it really bothers me that we can't renovate this place because of the political partisan political rancor around it. Yeah. And I mean, just knowing six to seven thousand dollars, that's just for the hydro. Then you get the gas bill. And Richard, just one of those examples of how I guess, you know, when you're running a country, you don't pay any attention to something practical like the electricity. Maybe not. I mean, it's an old, drafty building. Uh, Harper had commented, uh, former Prime Minister Harper had commented that the ice would form on the inside of the windows uh, in this place. Uh, it's an unremarkable building. Knock it down, build something uh, befitting, uh, you know, the, the Prime Minister's stature, uh, get Canadian architects uh, to contribute and, and create something great. Uh, and just get rid of this old drafty building that really doesn't have much historical value to uh, Canadians and and create something new, create a new monument and a safe, secure and, you know, green and ecologically friendly place for the prime minister to live. That's what I do. So a letter was sent to a member of an Ottawa health board or the Ottawa health board, and it effectively said you have no business being in you know, on the health board because you're overweight. Robert Benzie, I guess over the years, we've seen the kind of abuse that people in all kinds of public forums uh, weather, including all of us here. Uh, but it just seems so petty and stupid. It, it is petty. It is stupid. And it's cruel and unnecessary. And and good for the board member for, ta- for, for bringing this public, because I think it's good to have these discussions and to to, to, I mean, I do not understand, John, in the age of social media, it's just so easy to be cruel and to be mean and to be toxic. I don't understand, though, how someone could put pen to paper and write a letter like that to a public official who is doing the public's work and it and to body shame someone in, or an attempted body shame. I don't think it, 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 it hit the mark at all. But I just I was I agree with what Deb Hutton was saying earlier on in round one. It's just it's just appalling behavior. And I hope that that person who wrote the letter has a real rethink of of their beliefs and 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 why they would want to be so hurtful to someone yeah Sunira, i don't pay much attention to the texts anymore i have joe go through them um but in you know back in the day when i did it always amazed me that somebody could be that vile and especially that they probably woke up like that yeah i i think john we can all probably relate to getting um some sort of toxic messages in part by being you know involved with media and being on shows like yours but i can say you know i didn't really experience it until i became a lawyer i do wonder the the value sometimes of giving these sorts of comments oxygen um and you know to add to what benzie was just saying you know not only did this person put pen to paper they actually signed their name and this um although maybe a fictitious name Although that's true to the letter, but but of course, you know this this board member puts it on on Twitter, and it it becomes sort of a story more about, um, in in some ways, like you can't control the narrative, I guess. So it became a story about women. It became a story about. You, you know, you're beautiful inside and out. And I'm not saying that that's not a bad conversation to have, but I wonder what is the value sometimes of giving these vitriolic comments a lot of oxygen? Did we get a solution here? I'm not sure, because I think it is raising a lot of problems that we don't necessarily have 
um, solutions to uh, for uh, for as long as I, th- I do think you know Elon Musk got one thing right, which is on Twitter. If you don't, if you can remain anonymous and you can troll people um, with impunity, that's going to be a huge problem for you know social platforms forever. Thank you all. We're at a racetrack, but I appreciated the discussion. Sunira Chaudhary, Richard Krauss, and Robert Benzi. Keep it right here for Jerry Agar. He takes over after the news at 9 o'clock, and I'll be back bright and early tomorrow morning. My thanks to Nick Marano and Joe Cristiano. There was a lot of hustle behind the scenes to get this show executed today. But like I always say, News Talk 1010 is where the talkers come to talk. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845, weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.